Good morning, and welcome to Positively Beach Street. This is our third episode. We are here at the lovely Belmont Senior Center. I'm one of your co-hosts, Bob Fellerman. And uh, I'm Rich Berger. Are you my other co-host? Uh, yes, I think so. Okay. I think I so. I was here last week, so I, I Yeah, I know, I but there I'd were a lot up. of comedians here. So it, yeah, well, I figure I'd show up again, because why not? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you, you never know what's going to happen, particularly in the uh, senior center. <laughs> no, that's true. Oh, that's true. And our wonderful producer is uh, Jeffrey Hansel. There he is, twiggling, wiggling, and all that good stuff. And uh, I want to uh, make mention that we have plenty of notepaper because we forget a lot of things. And, uh, and we have yellow notepaper so we can even see it, right? Yeah, there you go. But you don't wear glasses like me. so I, Well, I, I have glasses in my bag in the office. I've never I, seen you with glasses. I don't dare wear them because I'll lose them. You know, so... <laughs> I figure if, if in case I need them, I have them, but uh, I'd be better off not wearing them because then I'll have them for a long time. So. I'm sorry, it was someone was stealing. Yeah, they're trying to steal the chair. I had to say we need that. I, I, I thought there were about 300 chairs behind me, but. Well, I, I, I didn't, you know. We have tons of chairs here. No, but, but we go, do. But going to, go to glasses. You can read something with small print without your glasses. Well, I have um, a, a lot of eye problems right now. I have right. a cataract in my right eye. and um, Oh, you were going to tell me. i got to interrupt you. Yeah. Because we were having that conversation. You were going to tell me you were going to speak to. We, we, we need that. I'm sorry. Put chains. <laughs> uh, you were going to speak to a, what, a late Miss Shine? Or, who knew about the Shine Oh, program? yes, or, yes, what, yes. What, well, what happened was I, I scheduled a cataract operation for this month, uh, first day of spring, the 20th, and then I, it dawned on me that perhaps I would owe a lot of money on it. I didn't know if I was fully covered by uh, Medicare. So I found out that uh, without supplemental, I would owe some money. So I went into an emergency uh, session with myself, and I canceled the appointment. <laughs> I canceled the appointment and I uh, rescheduled, I'm going to reschedule, in, in the interim between now and the rescheduling, I'm going to get a, a, a bit of supplemental insurance to, to help me out. So you spoke, do you spoke to that woman you were yes, talking about? Yes, yes, I spoke to this shine person here, uh, Alicia, she's uh, excellent, she, and she showed She knew me, all the rules. Oh my God, she not only knew all the rules, she showed them to me in a way sequentially, step after step, where it was very easy to, to understand and if anybody has any need for a shine counselor concerning Medicare um, I would I would uh, recommend so, so her highly. Was she, was she able to tell you how much it would cost you out of your pocket? I'm just curious. No, that the you know it's a kind of it's kind of complicated but what you need is you need a, a diagnosis code and a procedure code to uh, find out. Excuse me, but we have a special guest just oh. pulled, pulled up. and uh, <laughs> I need to pull over more chairs. Well, we, <laughs> you, yes. We're going to do it all. Oh, one they took all the chairs. I was trying to get this chair in there, but I had to hold on. <laughs> so, uh, 
Anyway, I think, you know, Medicare is, is so complicated. It really is. It is very complicated. That, that you never know what you're going to get hit with. We're going to move over a little like this. I'm going to move this over here. Sure. Because you want... We got a huddle here. Oh, we got a huddle? Yeah, well, only because of the the way the vocals go. Oh. And uh, oh, I so, well. These were for decoration. So, <laughs> well, welcome to the show. I have, I have on my right Dana Levitt, who's the assistant director of the Senior Center. And to her right is social work intern named Deborah Sarah. Goldberg. Sarah. I like Deborah. Oh, okay. Sarah Goldberg. Okay. I guess if Dana and Sarah combine, maybe you get Deborah. Why not? O only if you're wandering in the desert. You know, English is a living language. It's very <laughs> So we've given the go-ahead yeah. to do basically anything. Anything we want. All right. Well, I'm going to let Sarah... And, and that includes Groucho imitations, all, all kinds of good stuff, and there you go. So yeah. Younger folks like you who still know Groucho, it's important. Yes. I, I forget, given my age, that someone who's like 30, 40 years younger than me, oh, they're not going to know that reference. You know, all the time I say, do you know what I'm talking about? And they go... I think my mother told me about that. Just get me two hard-boiled eggs. We'll be good. I'm glad you have a yellow pad. That's that's the color of this episode. Oh, yellow. Excellent. All right. Well, I'm gonna let I will let Sarah go first because Sarah's a newbie at this. So I am a newbie. Just doing a little plug for the new group I am leading on Mondays. So this group is on right now. Um, it is an expressive arts group, Mondays 1 to 2 p.m. Artistic skill, not required. It's an open group for all levels of creative ability. Uh, all you need is a desire to express yourself, as Madonna would say. Through, through, through art. Through art, yes. So it will be a guided group where people can come. Um, I will lead the structure of the group and... We'll get to creating based on that, uh, and it's open to everyone. Uh, you know, you can participate, you can observe, uh, but we definitely encourage you to come check it out Mondays, 1 to 2 p.m. I also wanted to let everyone know I'm here Mondays and Fridays. Feel free to come see me and ask about Beach Street's budding phone program. Uh, I know a lot of you are interested right now in, in finding out how to get those smartphones and start signing up for shared driving opportunities such as Lyft and Uber, and I am here to help with that. Oh, wow. Wonderful. Do you, have, do you have any art therapy background from your social work uh, I do. education? I do. I graduated from Lesley University, which specializes in expressive art therapies. Mm. Um, I have facilitated groups all around the Boston area related to expressive art. Uh, my specialties are bringing out the more kind of deeper messages that we hope to express in our day-to-day -day lives that sometimes we just can't find the words for. Mm. And I do that through imagery and um, therapeutic writing and have found it to be a very soothing and enjoyable way to facilitate different types right. of 
No, the reason I ask, I used to have a sister-in-law who um, went to art school and who did a lot of therapy work with her eye. And she was a potter. And so kind of an exciting medium because most people probably have never tried to create anything in pottery. And when you have someone, and when you have an elderly person and they indicate a willingness to get deeper and they start creating pot, it's like I observed some of her classes and it was like aha moments yes. because it was like, wow, the emotional uh, uplifting for some of the people they just got so into it they wanted to do pottery every day yes. you know it was just well you know i would like to on the same uh, in the in a, the artistic uh, realm uh, i'm involved with uh, virtual reality here bringing virtual reality to the senior center uh, <coughs> so, so i live in virtual reality so i don't, I don't want to be so lonely anymore i'm going to try to have people come to visit so i would like to extend to you uh, uh, the offer of collaborating uh, your your projects and ours maybe we can have a, a co-event of some sort i think that would be a wonderful yeah, idea figure that out yeah yeah yep. i think there's so many wonderful sensory experiences whether it's pottery or virtual reality and i think it stimulates us all to go deeper yeah <coughs> yeah a virtual reality for me it's um an explosion into the human uh, imagination yes. and um, I think that everybody likes to go there um, we're all kids at heart and I think everybody likes to go there S Sigmund Freud rides again Sigmund Freud <laughs> <laughs> I mean you know if you think of you know there's lots of things he did that were great and things people don't agree with but think of uh, the massive cultural influence he's had on human life since he was in Vienna doing, inventing psychoanalysis. Well, and, you know, talking about imagination and that kind of uh, mind thing, um, I think Plato had some sort of, like, if I'm recalling correctly, I think it was Plato, he had some sort of world that he imagined where there were uh, primitive shapes, ideal, primitive, eternal shapes, and um, I've seen some of these. Yep. Hello. <laughs> virtual, virtual reality. Were you around when Plato was alive? Uh, you have to tell you the truth, I came a little bit later. I was going to say it was his, your... I knew his son and his daughter. Right. Yeah. Your, un your <laughs> uncle, though. Your uncle was hanging out with him, I heard. And, you know, in the desert. You know, yeah. They were wandering together. So, yeah. uh, you know. We do nothing but tell the truth. Here. Yeah, I know you guys you, you do. you got to get into There's historical truths, you know. you got to... Uh, that introduction, by the way, of the show, of the podcast... Brilliant. Oh, Jane, what Jane created? Oh my God. Hilarious. <laughs> I mean, so good. You have to check it out. Yeah, have to check it out. It's yeah. great. She even chose the music. Yeah, the music it's great. Is great too. It's oh. so good. So, so, so the theme there was kind of a yellow, yellow and green. Uh -huh, so uh -huh, we're uh -huh. trying to, you know, keep that going. Keep that going. Yeah. We have, so what are we going to paint the office Tuscan ochre or something? <laughs> 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 you know, it would be nice, but I don't think that's going to happen. Oh, my God. Keep it exciting. Yeah. So, so I have a question, and it's to both of you. Sure. So one of the things... I, Rich and I uh, would like to accomplish is find a, a medium or a way to get people here to share 
some memories, mm -hmm. some origin type stuff, mm -hmm. family, situational, mm -hmm. uh, maybe with even some pictures. I think it's a wonderful way, if they're comfortable <laughs> enough, that an older person, where I live in Newton is a, uh, a senior uh, building, and um, there's a new social work intern, actually, who I have not met, but who, they post things. They, they, they have more things going on in a day. I mean, I get exhausted just reading the list of things that are planned. But this fellow, Luke, is uh, doing a memory project. Mm -hmm. And I haven't spoken to him, but I can imagine sort of what it is. And it makes, you know, it makes a whole lot of sense for yeah. people who are either shy or who have repressed memories but would want to share. Yeah. And there are some who yeah. it might be too painful to share. But it's hard to... Um, Trying to find a mechanism or medium to yeah. uh, approach that subject. Yeah, we, I was literally having this conversation last night when I was talking with Nava. Uh, we were talking about someone and their life, their story, and then it sort of, I had said, well, if there was a way that we could do it, and I know my grandparents, we still have the receipt um, when they got married at the Waldorf Astoria in New York. It's such a cool piece of history that would evoke a story and would be able to share. And so, yeah, I mean, I would... 100% support that if people had something that they wanted to bring to tell their story that would invoke that, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's trying to figure out, and maybe we should, Rich and I should sit with you, or both of you, whatever, depending on schedules, how to um, think of what the methodology is to approach yeah. people, because saying it is one thing, right, but, doing, but doing I mean, another, you yeah. talk about, you got to think of your parents, I'm in my apartment, I have a picture of my parents, at the Copacabana in New York with little beer bottles oh, and champagne awesome. things on the table. That's awesome. Um, and it has to be, let's see, they were married in 39, and this is before they were married, so probably about 37, mm -hmm. you know? Wow. And, and I always remember they were married in 39 because that's when Gone with the Wind was oh, first aired. Yeah. And so they were married on the 31st, and my mother made it through the marriage because my brother was born on January 1st. <laughs> January 1st. Right. Three years later. Three years later. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and, and, anyway, so say, give me a memory that you have from your ass. <clears throat> from my childhood? Well, from your past. It, it could be childhood. It could be, uh, um, it could be stories you were told by your family. Well, uh, one thing that comes to mind is um, after I graduated, I had, a, I had a, a, an English teacher in high school, um, and um, one day I came home from a college break. I was, you know, to visit my folks. Um, and I, I went to the store for some reason, and I actually saw this teacher carrying a bag of, oh, carrying a bag of groceries. And um, I almost fell over. I mean, I, could, I, I didn't even realize that she ate. I didn't think she ate, you know. <laughs> I mean, I kind of realized something important about teachers. You know, mm. they do eat and they do have a life and they, ca <laughs> they carry, exist. They and carry groceries, have, have children and families. Yeah. Yeah. So it was uh, a revelation. It's funny how you look back and you, you, you know, you, you kind of, you, as you get older, you, more experience, your your vision increases. You know, yeah. I think I embellished that a little bit, but it, the heart of it was there. I was very right. shocked to see her in another context. So. 
I hear you. I yeah. hear you. So we're gonna. Wait. What's going on here? Uh, anything new? Anything of, different? Oh, I know lots of lots things of stuff. Who can so, keep up with you guys? The first thing is, um, I want to put a plug in for the beach party because that's going to be a lot of fun. So we're having an indoor beach party. <laughs> I was gonna say because oh. we're on Beach Street and because <laughs> the winter months are long. Um, there's gonna be no sand. There's no requirement to wear a bathing suit or flip flops or uh, you know no. But are you? <laughs> but are you doing pina coladas <laughs> and Cuba Libras? If you have a Tommy Bahama, or you have a, yeah, we're gonna do um, like, like a fun punch. It'll non-alcoholic, obviously. Um, the Spirited Gourmet is donating a tray of past hors d'oeuvres, so we'll have those. Um, hot dogs. I'm gonna get ice cream, like what you remember as a child eating on the beach. Hoodsies. Hoodsies. Yeah, I'm gonna get the strawberry shortcake bars, fudgicles. Um, oh I wish God. they sell. Uh, they sold the two-ball screwball. You know the. The ice cream that had the two gumballs at the bottom. That was the most fun part. Um, but I don't think they sell those by the bulk. So we'll get... You never know? Oh, my God. You look like you would go to Nantasket Beach. Did you ever go to Nantasket Beach? I did, but I was first dragged to Revere Beach because, um, my, because my mother grew up in a place called Beachmont, which is in between Revere and Belmont and overlooking okay. Revere Beach. Okay. And okay. I hated Revere Beach. Yeah. And I... I would tell my mother, I, and I'm incredibly fair, and I burn. I'm not going. And she said, "You're six years old. I can't leave you at home." I, I would say, "Why not? I'll play." You know. So I didn't start going to Nantasket until I was like 14 or 15. Oh, okay. You know, okay. Type right. of thing. Yeah. No. The, those are the memories of the ice cream when I would get the, the ice cream. And when is this beach? March 19th. Uh, from 4.30 to 6.30. We're going to have a steel drum player, oh Toby Toba, so he'll do Caribbean, reggae, Latin. Oh, excellent. And um, we're going to play cornhole. Um, I'm telling people if they have beach toy, beach games, you know, paddle ball or whatnot, um, it'll just be a lot of fun. So that's coming up. <coughs> I'm going to bring, bring a big big inner tube. Yeah? I'm going to wear it. Yeah? Yep. Do it. Yep. Do it. That'll be a lot of fun. Are, yeah. there, are there going to be any, <laughs> any, any children? Or, is it, you know, you could, a you know, beach day, you could have children there. Uh, um, grandparents, you could have, you know, any number of things. Yeah, I'm encouraging. I mean, we cater to people 55 and older first. You know, they're the priority. Um, but I don't see why not. But I think we'd probably stick it stick to adults only. Well, we could mm -hmm. probably find a 55-year-old kid. <laughs> a You're right. We could. We find, could. <laughs> I think we could find one. Yeah, but that'll be a lot of fun. I'm excited for that one. Um, and then we've got a lot of great music programs. The Sarah Gardner Trio is coming. She um, brings her dad. He plays the piano. Um, that'll be a lot of fun. The Brill, uh, the music from the Brill building, they were here last Friday, oh, and it was were, quite a jam. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, hopefully we'll have them come back, because we were talking about um, not necessarily a prom, but like a throwback Thursday party, so we'll have ice cream floats, do like doo-wop and stuff like that, so we're working on that party ice at some point. Floats. Yeah, a, when's the last time you had a root beer float? Uh, uh, a year ago, night. cabin. Last night. Night. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday. <laughs> so we're working on that. Um, we're having a great program today um, to talk about affordable housing, um, which is important for people to hear in case you have to move or downsize. Um, so the um, Metro West uh, program, they're going to come and talk about housing. Um, and then what else do I have going? I've got a lot of stuff going. Um, we're having a Barry Pell is coming to talk about um, climate change. There are two islands. Um, I, I couldn't give you the names of them because they're hard to pronounce. But basically, what is climate change doing to impact these small islands and the people who are still living on these islands? Um, so that'll be a really important conversation. Um, the other thing I really want to plug is the social bullying program that we have coming. Um, Robin, um, 
there's a woman from Jewish Family and Children's Services who's coming to talk about social bullying among older adults, um, and it's present, um, you know, whether it's in housing, whether it's here at the center, um, whether it's a, a, an assisted living in a nursing home, I mean, you can, bullying doesn't go away, so um, that'll be a really important program that we talk about, too. So, yeah, got lots of good stuff happening, and I want to see everybody, we're going to the, um, service dog graduation this weekend so that'll be a lot of fun that's on Sunday uh, we'll watch the dogs from Golden Opportunities for Independence we'll watch them graduate so now they're fully completed with their service training and now they're ready to be service dogs for their owners and go out in the world I think we just can't wait to see you guys at the center alright <laughs> thanks guys thank you very much thank, thank you. you pleasure but we need to sit sometime yeah, yeah. Get into methodology oh, yeah. and, and pictures. Oh, yeah. Pictures are important. Everyone has them. Yes. I think. I, I have a few myself. I, well, that's good. I, I'm surprised at how little I have um, well, pic family pictures. Probably it's a reflection of how much your parents probably collected, no? Uh, my one of my cousins has a. a she's the kind of like a the family repository of uh, stuff, uh, you know, uh, photos and genealogy. It's, and it's it's such a strange thing. I have a lot of pictures because I have a brother who does. You know, I'm the one, so I'm the depository. And that was that way with stamp collections too, which because we were a big stamp collecting family. Uh huh. Because uh, my grandfather was in the steamship business, and he would get letters from all over the world constantly for business. My father became a stamp collector anyway. But with pictures, so I used to go over them with my mother. My father, who's this? You know, it was mainly with my mother's family. Mm -hmm. And now I have all this stuff, and occasionally I'll look at them because my daughter wants. She's always looking for missing relatives. She thinks, why aren't, why don't I have more relatives around here? Well. Jillian, most of them are dead, but you know it's true. But she, you know, I, people can't remember who these people are, and I and I have the memory, but I was never given the full memory. That's why I was, I was coming up with this thing: of pictures shouldn't be kept in albums. In my mind, people should have them out. Like I want to make for my kids a couple of collages. I used to date a woman who did collages with all these pictures and be framed like a picture so you can point and look and see rather than having it in, on a bookshelf in yeah. an album that you never take out. Well, you know, you know? Uh, that, that the pictures are perhaps, you know, the most popular thing to record memories. But in this day and age, we're starting to get to the point where we have other technologies <clears throat> you know, like video, I mean, we, videos have been around for a long time, but a lot of people with their portable devices will record <clears throat> some sort of an event, and that'll become part of the um, pictorial history. Right. Uh, <clears throat> I, I always <clears throat> have a question, you know I'm not very, very uh, technical, but I see these people with their phones, their, their smartphones, taking, <clears throat> like, Zillion, a lot of pictures. Yeah. And I, and I was with my son, and a friend came over, and they were talking about their storage capacity, and they had like 1,500 pictures on there. And I'm going, well, what, what are you doing with them? I mean, if they're, you got to look in a little, why don't, can you print them out? Can you show yeah. me what, you know? And it's like, oh, they're just there. It's like the repository is in their hand. Yeah. But, and also, you know, I found, I take photos with my um, phone, too, 
And I found that uh, at various times, I think to myself, I didn't even see what I photographed. I mean, there's some, like I'm seeing this microphone, and if I really pay attention, I can look at its detail and, and really see it. But if I say, oh, that's a wonderful microphone, you know, I'm like this, and I put it away and walk away, my camera saw more about that microphone than I did, you know. Well, so my question would be in that range, how often do you think after the day after you took those pictures of the microphone, would you, you know, go into your phone and start scanning the pictures? Would you remember, or it just sort of sits there and say, oh, I want to look at that microphone again a month later, or... You know I, I, do, I, mean? because... I do go back, yeah, I do. I, the, the thing that I'm finding frustrating is um, finding how, you know, you think, oh, I took that picture, but how far back was it? And uh, my phone is not sophisticated enough so that I can say, you know, such and such a month and, you know, and it will retrieve it for me. I, I, I think some cell phones have the capacity... When you get that many photographs and you can't remember where they are, or, well, you know, or when you took them, or where, yeah, where they're lo located on the. Yeah. See, it's like the. Um, to, to my mind, it's the. Uh, it's a device. It's an assembly of order put around or organization put around the pictures. But it's like um, I wanted to do a cookbook, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because a similar concept. And people say, well, everyone's done cookbooks. We want to do a cookbook. I says, I can't remember where all these, because a lot of recipes can lead you to think, if you're a cook, uh, to get to experimentation or another recipe. In other words, it, yeah, it yeah. can influence you and in, in what you do. Because I always, I'll take a recipe and I'll change it to my format. And I'll add things. So it becomes my recipe, in effect, not yeah. someone else's template. But... But the point is, I wanted to, uh, I thought there would be a way to develop uh, collecting recipes that you could have a cookbook that someone could develop an algorithm or whatever, so that you don't want to start going through 500 pages of recipes, but you wanted to say, well, if you had in, in your house, if you had uh, olive oil, anchovies, garlic, and like three other ingredients, show me what things you could do with you adding one or two I'll, things. I'll give you a suggestion. I'm a big search guy. I, I, right. I, I think of something, I go right on the internet and I, I get a little phrase or a couple of keywords, right. and I and you I, go I follow would, it. I would go go to a go to Google, put it, put in um, some you know, uh, put, first do recipe software, mm. and uh, see what comes up. There might be some people might have invented an app or a, a program that does a lot with recipes and maybe some of the things you want and correlations between ingredients. Right. You know, I mean. Explore. I, yeah, I, I, I bet you'll find something that's interesting. Maybe you know, you know my, my son says, "Dad, I don't need a bunch of cookbooks," uh, and he's he cooks also. He says, "I just, I just look if I want to cook something, I look it up on Google or wherever." I said, "But wait a minute, what are you asking Google to tell you? you you're giving input questions." So what if you don't know part of what you want to tell Google? In other well, words, you see, you that, know, yeah, I would say I would say start out general. You know, like recipe software, yeah. and then you know some some findings will come up, and then you could you know go to a website, take a look at what what it means to the the producer of that piece of software to be 
to be labeled recipe software. Maybe it's how to better organize your recipes. Maybe it, it has it has all these ingredients. Maybe there was a way of searching for those three ingredients. What could you make with this? You, you never know. I know, and, but I, I've, I've tried a little of that, and I, and I don't think it exists what I'm trying to, yeah. to do, but I don't know. It just seems Well, maybe like sometime in, you and I could sit yeah, down. Yeah, an know, inventive way. Yeah to help people who want to cook without necessarily having a recipe, but you have ingredients. Right. <coughs> you and I are having a tough time now. I'm, I'm having the same thing. Um, mm. It's it's uh, it's uh, the, the dry, dry air, heat. yeah. That's why I'm drinking orange juice today. Does it affect your skin? Does it affects my skin, the I dry, don't know. Do, the dry do, heat? Do, do I? I look kind of. I hope I don't look yellow. That's not a good no, sign no, no, when no, you I, look yellow. That's not being transferred. <laughs> I don't think there's any transfer of yellow. But uh, you know, it's. Uh, I'm in. I'm in it for the vitamin C, and I love orange. I love the color orange, and this bottle is is really cool. It's a very nice bottle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not plugging simply orange. I'm just plugging. No, no, no. I, I, I get it. I and. I am a real shopper of food. I mean, I know what different markets have. I know what the price, just because I got it from my mother. But, like, I started buying orange juice again a few months ago. I stopped. I like orange juice. But it was too fattening. And, and, and I'm oh. on a diet. I don't want all the calories. But now they're doing 50% less calories wow. to brands, which is significant because it's less sugar. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. what they're yeah. cutting out. You still get the orange taste. And so, uh, same prices as, as the regular oranges. So now I'll have orange juice. You know, I personally have had the opposite problem in my life. Now that I'm older and you know I'm get, getting a, a little more sedentary, I'm, I'm keeping my weight. I was very, very active being a carpenter early on, and sure. being a kid, you run around. But anyway, I had just the opposite problem. I, I couldn't some, keep enough weight. I, yes, during college, I was so thin in the middle of my college years that I I went on a crash diet. The crash diet was two meals of pancakes or waffles with butter and syrup and anything else that I could put on top of it to give me caloric intake. And then a bag of malted milk balls. There must have been like 6,000 <laughs> calories in right. that bag. I ate every single malted milk ball. And I didn't gain an ounce. I no, didn't gain system. an ounce. No, it was my system, and also I smoked for a long time. When I gave up smoking, boom. Oh, really? Yes. So that did, because... 15 pounds, 15 pounds all at once. Huh. And I lost seven of them, but I kept the seven. I, I still have those seven pounds from 30 years ago, like a bank account. Right. Yep. Yeah, it, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, it happens when you, you get old. I, I, it's compounded. Have, it's it, compounded. Hasn't gone, it hasn't gone up to eight pounds at all. It's the, uh, at, at Thanksgiving, I was with my son. I was with Max wife. You know, we have to share the children at holidays, blah, blah, blah. And she uh, was always a nice figure, blah, blah, blah. But someone said something. I said, well, I've been on a diet, and I've started to lose. I've lost seven pounds. It was after two weeks of the diet. And I said, I want to continue this and go to more plant-based stuff, blah, blah, blah. It's my diet. I, just, I don't need to explain it. To yeah. Anyone. And she says, she came over to me, my ex-wife, and said, 
you want to give me some of what you got? At first, I didn't know what she was talking about. She, <laughs> she was talking about weight. She can't, she has lost weight, and she can't gain weight. She likes to eat, but well, she gets unhappy and depressed, whatever. She says, give me 10 pounds of yours. I said, here, it's free. It's a bargain. Take it. Somebody should work on that technology. Yeah. Really? Well, you know? I believe that. If really? I could sell it 10 pounds, I'd do it in a minute. Yeah. But uh, I would go. I would buy, you know, an eighth, ninth, tenth pound. I would really go. I go for maybe like up to twelve pounds. Hmm. I tell people I, I've always aspired to be heavy, and they're like, "What? You've always aspired to be heavy?" Because, because you're no, always thin. Nobody understands that. I think there there is a problem. I mean, there, you know, the bulimia. <coughs> bulimia and people being thin right, right. They, they think they're not thin enough uh, I mean that's a problem in a different way because the person wants to get lighter and lighter and lighter I wanted to get heavier and heavier and heavier but you're starting at the point where you have less pounds you're just right, going one right. direction or the other exactly. you know? uh, well I'll tell you a funny story I went to graduate school in England I think you know and so I'm over there I don't have a lot of money <laughs> I, had, I had a. I remember very specifically, and I, sh I should have just complained to my parents, but I didn't. So I was always looking for to eat, to money to eat. You know, it really was tight. So I had three dollars a day for food. Now this is way back when, but still, you couldn't get a lot. I did okay generally. I, if I had gotten four dollars a day for food, I would have changed my. It's that close. Yeah. So. I traveled all over Europe. I was very excited. I had a great year in Europe. And I got my degree, and the war was raging. All this craziness was going on. And I come home, and I fly into New York, because that was there were a whole bunch of students returning. And it was a set flight. So my parents came down from Boston, New York, to pick me up. And it was like at 8 in the morning, so they had stayed over. And I'll never forget, I'm on a second floor, and I could spot my parents way across on the first floor, the floor below. And my mother, I see her looking at me and she almost fainted. As only a mother could. Yeah. Because I had forgotten how thin I became in England. Because there were no sandwiches. I, I'm a hamburger guy. You know, I, 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 <laughs> there were no, they just, so my whole diet changed. Yeah. Constrained by money. And so, I didn't realize I, I weighed like 169 or 70, which is thin for me. And uh, she could notice, you know, mother's eyes noticed yeah, yeah. that. We stopped on the way. They had breakfast and I had a couple of cheeseburgers. You know, <laughs> at 10 in the morning in Southern Connecticut. Oh, you my know? God. But, well, because I, want, I just wanted the taste more than anything. Yeah. But it was just... Uh, it was strange. It was strange how thin I got, and not realizing it. Because I was still eating. It was just, I wasn't eating the carbs that I had in the American diet. Um, I would eat scrambled eggs for lunch at school. It was subsidized. It would be 40 cents. You know, you get a big plate of scrambled eggs with chips, fries, you know. Uh, so when you, if you change where you live and you change your food intake, it becomes, it seriously can change your body. Yeah. You know, I have, sure. I have pictures of me in my apartment in uh, London, and 
My roommate was from Montreal, and his girlfriend was over from Montreal, and I had my arm around it. He was taking the picture, and it's like, oh, my ribs were sticking up. <laughs> crazy. Absolutely crazy. But uh, anyway, it's just, uh, it's harder when you're older, but I am losing, so it's, yeah. it has to be like a year and a half parcel, you know? I'm at, I'm at a point now where I, I, I think I have a good weight. I don't feel thin. I don't feel... Heavy, right, you know, you I, don't want to be anemic. Or, no, no. You know anything like that. Yeah. But uh, I think unless you have anything else important that you can think of, maybe we should wrap. <coughs> up. Yeah. Uh, let me check my notes no. here. Because budget is. Pulled. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> budget is pulled up. They may, they may be moving us out if we sit here. Uh, budget. Oh my God. You know, you never know. Somebody called budget on us. Get the table. <laughs> Get those guys out of there. <laughs> Well, on behalf of Positively Beach Street, I'm Bob Fellman. Rich Berger. And we're going to wrap up our third episode, and we thank you for uh, your attention and listening. Thank you very much, and we'll see you in the future. <laughs> Some, someday, over the rainbow. <laughs>